Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, guys. It's Watt Harris here another Panther Rants podcast. Well, it is... Um it's Monday. Monday after a victory Saturday. Uh, ooh, hopefully they're live. Sorry, people, I'm driving past an exit. past an exit that's uh, blocked off because there's a bad accident and the cars are like they're all mangled. I hope the people are all right. But I wish them well and hope they're all right. So it's a Monday after a uh, Panther victory. Pitt moves up to three and three overall, two and one the ACC, and they're still in the race for the ACC Coastal, which has become probably one of the most dysfunctional divisions in uh, college football, probably. Maybe not as dysfunctional as the, as the Big Twelve, whereas they don't have divisions; they just have a ten-team league, and the top two play for the championship. Which makes absolutely no sense whatsoever, but that's how the Big 12 wanted to do things because for whatever reason they get what they want no matter what. Really, they should not, because they really, because here's the thing they didn't want to expand anymore or add any more teams because they don't want to share any more money, basically. So. They got rid of the whole clause that you had to have at least twelve teams for a you know for a conference t- championship, which you know what kind of helps pin it, which really helps, which really you know was thank God this happened after the fact, not before pick on the ACC because we would ne- we would never be in, a, in any other you know major conference ever. But who knows? I mean, uh, if you think about it, the Big Twelve was interested in Pitt. Before Pitt went to the ACC, Pitt was a um, you know a contender for it. So we probably would have ended up in the Big Twelve anyway. But the ACC obviously makes a lot more sense, and you know I would have loved to have West Virginia new in the conference, but you know they landed somewhere. And I think at one point I remember it was well they were play their hand I remember as you know Pitt you know Pitt handed out you know you know invite to the Big Twelve and tried to take West Virginia with them at the time and West Virginia was still trying to play for the SEC and I guess Oliver Luck was willing and dealing and he just never played his hand and next thing you know he was they were stuck for a bit. And it was really fun to see their fans panic a lot because, it, you know, in the days of the, of the message boards, they were they were just talking about, oh, you know, we got to do what's best for us, you know, too bad for Pitt, ha-ha. Uh-huh. And then when we got our ACC, the next thing you know, we come out of nowhere with the, with the ACC invite. 
they bitched and moaned up the storm, and yeah. Anyways, guys, as far as the game goes, initially it looked bleak. Syracuse, uh, you know, started the start of the game off passing all over us, getting their guys in the space, moving the ball around left to right, and it looked like it was going to be one of, the, one of those days. Well, it kind of was. But Pitt, I guess, you know, they, Pitt was down 7 nothing early. And Pitt had a nice drive, and of course, we did that little end around, that little jet sweep type thing, and, it, you know, shocky jockey fumbled it. And Syracuse got the recovery. Next thing you know, they were up 14 nothing before he knew it. But then, you know, Pitt, you know, obviously answered back. Quadrilson had a hell of a run. And then, of course, you know, the strip sack from, you know, from Dane Jackson. Next thing you know, before you knew, we were up 14, you know, 14 14. The defense, uh, the defense, uh, what's it called? It seemed to settle down. Pitt took a lead in the half. And then, of course, Pitt extended the lead to start the half. And then, um, you know, of course, the rain happened. Pitt had delay, and I think I think a lot of ways that delay could have kind of hurt, hurt Pitt a bit because it gave Syracuse some time to rest up and figure things out. And Lord, if you know it, at one point Syracuse was up 34-27. Then Pitt would tie it, and then uh, and of course, you know, we got to overtime and. What's it called? Pitt would score, which was awesome. And then Syracuse, I guess, uh, I have no idea. I mean, it really wasn't a bad call because Pitt's, you know, at the time Pitt's defense was on was on its heels because um, for for a bit Pitt was Pitt's defense was getting stops, but the but, Pitt, but Pitt's offense was sputtering to a point where they couldn't put the team put you know they put, could put Syracuse away. And then, um, you know, Syracuse is able to recover and get back in the game. And, and that's the problem. It's Pitt's, you know, Pitt's offense right now is so one-dimensional that when you, when you can't run the ball, you're pretty much screwed. I mean, hey, I'm happy Pitt put up 44 points. Well, three, you know, one part of it was because of the defense, you know, getting seven. But still, the offense, if you could put up 30-some points just running the ball, hey... That's awesome, but you're not going to be doing it every week, and you have to have some sort of competent passing game, which we don't have. And well, that's what happens when you can't throw the ball. Is well, you can't put away your opponents sometimes. But all in all, really, this win—it's just a win. There's not much to take from it. I mean, we still have the same problems that we always had. You know, it's not going to change anything. Although I did see a little bit better play from the defense. The throw by Dungey was good. Th- it was a good throw, actually. I mean, it's just that uh, Pitt was able to get the you know was able to sh- was able to strip him. You know, Taron Coleman stripped stripped the uh, ball at the last minute. I mean, that, I mean that was a hell of a play by Coleman because. He didn't give up on a play. Whereas, if you watch a lot of Revis's highlights from when he was a pit, 
you know, they're on YouTube. One thing I noticed about Revis is he never gave up on any plays. Even if that guy had that had that ball, he caught it. If he was if the guy was tackled, Revis was still trying to jar that ball out. And that's what you want out of your secondary. As you want guys like that that, that that do stuff like that. They don't give up on plays. They just they, they want to make that pass incomplete or, or interception as much as possible. And we saw that there. Whereas both those guys came down with it and pitches happened to strip it at the last minute. So it was a great play. Heads up play at that. So I don't think the, you know, the play call was a horrible call. I mean, Dungey went for the throat and saw something. It's just uh, Coleman won the battle. And in Syracuse's case, if they would, if that would have been a touchdown, Pitt's obviously shocked. And next thing you know, Cuse is probably going for the uh, two-point conversion because Pitt's trying to recover from it, and they can't. Syracuse probably gets two and wins that game. But uh, Pitt prevailed, thank God. Oh, well, guys. Such is life. But uh, Pitt's obviously got a tall order next week. They got Notre Dame. and I don't even know if uh, what's going to happen there. Of course, you know, I went on Twitter and saw people saying that, uh, hey, you know, we should be ready for Pitt this week to play when they play Notre Dame. Because, you know, because the college football playoff. Well, here's the thing. We're going to probably lose the game anyway. It doesn't matter if, you know, what's at stake for the, for our rivals. It just Notre Dame's... I mean, I wasn't sold on Notre Dame, and they're just blowing the rocks off of people now. I mean, they... Um, Virginia Tech, the game wasn't even close. You know, that whole uh, jump around, whatever, that's, whatever crap they do. Obviously, it didn't work. Because they got the, the bricks beat off them. But, um, like I said, this win doesn't uh, solve anything as far as Pitt's woes are concerned. And of course, they got they got playing Notre Dame. And, you know, there's this whole history hazard crap about um, about how, you know, Pitt plays Notre Dame tough. And, yeah, true. But in this case, Notre Dame's more, more rounded this time, whereas Pitt isn't. All Notre Dame has to do is blow us out, and that's it. Or stop a running game for the most part. And that's, you know, we'll get into that later this week of what, you know, Pitt needs to do in order to win this game. I mean, pray for rain. I have no idea what they need to do, but. You know, uh, Taysier Mack was out, was out for the game, and obviously I wasn't uh, too crazy about that. And, but, you know, Ra Ra Lopez had a hell of a you know catch and run and but still though the you know the the passing game the woes are just still there and I don't know if we're gonna work that. I mean Parvitt's play the play calling, Parvitt's it's a lot. Play calling, offensive line, and of course quarterback not being able to make reads. So it's a lot of stuff. But anyways guys, it's a hell of a victory. Now, as far as the rest of the weekend goes with college football, not much to really be desired. It really wasn't, you know, there wasn't uh, matchup-wise, there wasn't anything great. I mean, 
yeah, Notre Dame with Vatek and at night. That game sucked. You had the Red River shootout between Oklahoma and Texas. This turned out to be a really good game. Texas obviously surprised everybody. I thought Texas was going to get blown up by at least two touchdowns, but they came to play. And, uh, you know, all these jokes about Tom Herman, you know, he's been a running joke for a lot for a lot of the media because there was a lot of there were certain people who loved Charlie Strong and things didn't work out under Charlie. And, you know, and Sean Watson was on, was on strong staff when Texas fell apart, but... Texas was a dumpster fire to begin with, and to what Tom Herman's done so far, ever since losing to Maryland, it's been really good. I mean, they're knocking off some some, some decent teams, and Oklahoma, I guess, uh, was a favorite for the Big Twelve title, but it doesn't look like it now because you got Texas there, and then you got West Virginia. I mean, you, I mean, you got those three. This works out for West Virginia because they get to see the vulnerabilities in the, both of those teams. And so, for, the, for West Virginia, this game kind of helps. It's a scouting thing for them to you know see what, where these guys are vulnerable. And you know, if we're going back to the you know Penn State and West Virginia being in the, the top ten, well, they're there because they have solid foundations laid out for them. And I'm not just talking Dana. I'm talking, you know, for West Virginia, Don Nealon laid the foundation for, you know, for West Virginia football. And it's been carried on. I mean, when he left, Rich Rodriguez picked, picked up where he left off. I mean, he had a 3-8 season his first year, but he won a whole bunch after that. Bill Schneider, I mean, Bill Stewart kept it going somewhat. I mean, they, they won I mean, they went to bowl games, but they weren't really the team that they were under Rich Rod. But the Stewart's credit, he had a hell of a staff that recruited like hell, and they had some really good players. So when Dana took over, they left them some good players. And of course, Dana had to rebuild, you know, rebuild things because they were going to the Big Twelve, and they had to pretty much be acclimated to the Big Twelve as far as their talent goes. And I think they're going to remain competitive in the Big Twelve. They, you know, well, they, you know, they may compete for an. Uh, conference title here and they're like 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 this year but and I think they'll have some down years but I, th- I think he'll keep them above water but if I'm a West but if I'm a West Virginia fan I wouldn't really expect more because the, the league is run by Texas and Oklahoma so just take your seat at the dinner table and eat because you're not getting anything more than what you're getting Penn State obviously the foundation was laid by Paterno and Plenty of, um, you know, to be said there. But as a lot of people said, the program needed a change, and Joe stayed for. The, the reason why Penn State fell off towards the end of, you know, during Paterno's time, even even uh, when Bill Brown and the Fra- James Franklin era, is because, you know, Paterno and his staff stayed for too long and they were outdated. And bringing in Bill O'Brien and Franklin. You know, Penn State football was modernized a little bit. And well, there you go. The foundation was there. It just needed some updates. And getting you know, the dinosaurs out of there was probably the biggest thing for uh, for Penn State. Because they were pretty much, you know, you know, 
that's that's pretty much what they were. I mean, much so much dinosaurs were more like fossils anymore. Anymore. And like you know, Joe should have been going after the uh, Orange Bowl in two thousand five. That's when he should have exited. But he wanted to keep coaching, and I think he wanted to coach till he died. Because we saw what happened with Bill, o- you know, not Bill O'Brien, but uh, the uh, shoot the coach from uh, Alabama. His name's Scapesy now, but as soon as he, uh, as soon as he retired from Bama, he died a few. He died a few months later. And Joe would go to the same fate. Of course, Joe had cancer, and it was treatable. But the problem is, is uh, I guess as we saw in the movie, he. Um, with his injury, I guess uh, he had a hit, he obviously had an injury a few few years, a few weeks back. And plus, he had pneumonia, and it really wasn't treatable at that point. They couldn't do anything for him because of you know that because of his age too. But uh, looking back at this whole week, I mean, the big game was one of the big games was Florida LSU, and LSU is kind of a fool's gold type of thing. And I'm surprised they um, you know they were top five and. Florida knocked them off. Texas Oklahoma was exciting, and you know the guy from Texas is going to be a legend now for that kick he made, and he was a true freshman. And what was great about that was Tom Herman mentioned that uh, the snapper was a freshman, the holder was a freshman, and the uh, kicker was a freshman. I mean, can you imagine that happen like that happening at Pitt right now? I mean, that'd be a, shoot. We would have we'd have we'd be on Prozac. With all that stuff being missed, Mississippi State up knocked off Auburn, who's right, who was ranked you know, number eight. So a uh, you know, big win for Joe Moorhead and Luke Getze. And uh, I don't know what's going on with Auburn. I mean, I'm not sure what it is. They have talent, but they just keep losing some these odd games. Central Florida, you know, knocked off SMU. So Pitt has that going for them. Stanford got the, the, snot, the snot knocked out of them. Which to me was kind of odd. Iowa State knocked off Oklahoma State 48-42, which is a huge win for them. Um, we'll, get, we'll get to some of, some of the ACC games. Northwestern, they always give Michigan State a hard time. They won that one. I thought Michigan State was going to win it, but it is what it is. Yeah, Stanford beat the crap out. You know, Stanford got the crap beat out by Utah, which is odd. Which is odd. Oh well. Washington tenth rank knocked off UCLA, so they'll probably move up in the polls. Pac Pac twelve never really gets much respect. It's because they're not. You know, outside USC, there really hasn't been anybody that's you know been all that threatening. But let's get to the ACC. And around it. Georgia Tech beat the crap out of Louisville. And I didn't realize how bad Louisville was until I, I figured Tech would win this game. But they just beat the crap out of Louisville. I mean, they had 500 yards rushing, I think is what it was. Total. Over 500. Clemson didn't lose a beat after, after, after nearly losing to Syracuse. Clemson beats Wake by 60. So Wake is obviously having their troubles this season. Florida State, Miami. 
Florida State led the whole game. Then Miami decides you know, they need to switch quarterbacks because, like, you know, the quarterback they have, we all know about him very well. He sucks. And Miami's only get so far as their quarterback will allow them to go. They make the change of quarterback, and the rest was history. They came all the way back to beat Florida State 28-27. Which kind of sucks for Wade Taggart because if he wins that game, he, you know, the heat is taken off of him a good bit. You know, if Mark Rickman lost this game, there'd been a lot of heat, a lot of heat put on him after that. SC State beats Boston College 28-23. SC State's looking good. And that Clemson game, that's going to be a key one for them. So, I mean, that, um, shoot, that, you know, the uh, Atlantic may come down to NC State and uh, Clemson. So, they all have that going for them. Now, as far as the rest of the weekend goes... Steelers, um, sorry, I'm drinking my coffee. The Steelers had a nice whatever Atlanta beat them pretty big. I'm shocked how bad, how far Atlanta's fallen. They pretty much peaked at the Super Bowl and then, well, actually, they peaked at halftime at the Super Bowl. And it's been downhill from ever since. You know, Matt Ryan hasn't really been the same. Actually, the whole team has been the same. And, you know, Julio held up. Julio Jones held up for more money, and um, obviously it didn't work out for him. I understand why he did because that team's really nothing without him. And Matt Ryan obviously is not the same quarterback as he's been, and it's just you know with him like him and Roethlisberger, you know Ben wasn't all that perfect either, but these they're getting older and they're getting old and. They might not have some years. They may, they may be running out of time here. You know, for some quarterbacks, it's hard to keep up. I mean, somehow Braves may be able to do it, but these guys are, I think, are a little, little more beat up. I mean, in Ben's case, he Ben loved to move around the pocket, loved to scramble. He would take a lot of hits. Obviously, it's probably catch up to him. And plus, he's a, he's a big guy as well. So I mean. Those knees can only hold up for so long. I know he lost weight. It's you know it's a lot of things. I mean Matt Ryan's been the, been been with Atlanta since I think 2000, 2006 maybe two thousand seven. It was it was around the time when uh, Michael Vick was gone. So if you think about it, Ryan, really should be aging that bad. I mean he's younger than Ben. He should be. Falling apart this uh, this early, but uh, you know Buffalo held for a win. Cleveland won another game. You know the uh, the, the Texans Cowboys game last night was horrible. I mean, I, I you know it just uh, it was a combination of two teams trying to outdumb each other. I don't know, guys, but. Uh, James Conner had a huge game against against Atlanta. He uh, over 100 yards rushing and almost 100 yards receiving as well. I mean, he 
he looks he's like like a lot of people say he looks a lot better than in college he looks a lot quicker and there's some people that say that he's you know he's not a bad he's not the feature guy like Levy and Bell which you know I mean I'm sure that's fine if he's not but he's a hell of a football player and I guess he showed it there and I don't think he's as bad as people say he is. He may not have the career that, you know, like, say, like, Michelle McCoy had, but I think he's going to have a decent, you know, some, some, some of a career. I mean, if Dylan Lewis can get himself a $20 million deal, I'm sure, uh, you know, Connor will, too. But anyways, guys, I'm running out of stuff to say. Hell a pit. You guys have a good week. Enjoy it. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.